This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. podcast the podcast where we delve into those difficult moments with some well-known guests i'm giles Pedro phillips and with me in spirit but not in person is the amazing jim daly <laughs> thank you very much makes me sound like a magician um how are you uh okay um a little bit edgy which i think everyone's feeling a little bit like that at the moment yeah it's a weird time to be alive isn't it um lots of misinformation and rumors and stuff flying around uh, it's difficult to know what to believe or who to turn to i feel like i'm building up to the start of a superhero movie but yeah uh, yeah yeah it is it is very weird indeed but um, i think actually that, that that actually makes podcasts like these all the more valuable actually because it's uh it's that little bit of normality actually that we're used to still here yeah and i think that's probably why we've you know we were attempting to sort of continue i mean over the coming weeks, the podcast will sort of slightly be slightly different from normal. We're going to be recording more remotely um, and we're going to probably have a sort of few different sort of episodes coming up just to sort of uh, highlight what's currently going on. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be sort of a slightly different because we're having a sort of national blank moment, aren't we? <laughs> we Very good. Uh, we are, yeah, in many ways, actually, because I think this is something that not a lot of people will have ever experienced in their lives before. I certainly haven't. Um, and I think <laughs> pretty much from the top down, no one knows really how to deal with it either. Um, so it's a collective blank moment. But the the um, the most comforting thing for me, if there is anything comforting at the moment, is that everyone's in it at the same time. So that's what I'm trying to tell myself is that whatever feelings or anxieties i have about it the whole country has as well so at least in a weird way it's kind of unifying and bonding us uh even though it's quite a scary time uh to be existing so mm. that is a sort of small modicum of comfort for me yeah in a way. yeah that, that, totally yeah and no, i i get that um i mean we should say that we will 
be doing an episode coming up with with just you and I sort of discussing a lot of this stuff. Yes, uh, so I'm sure the viewing figures will be <laughs> down for that one. Uh, but no, that'll be us. Yeah, I think just I think there's a lot of anxieties around the coronavirus, and I think a lot of people will be feeling the same way. So uh, if you know if we can tell people how we're feeling about it then that might help in in some way and of course we encourage our listeners to tweet us in and tell us how they're dealing with this at the moment any anxieties they've got around the coronavirus and uh, just sharing their stories really again trying to sort of unify everyone so you know please do get in touch yeah absolutely yeah we'd love to hear from you and if you've got any questions you'd like to ask jim and i just about anything it doesn't have to be necessarily about coronavirus um obviously we're not experts in that field but anything you'd like to know about what how the podcast works anything like that we can sort of open it up to being a bit of a podcast chat as well so yeah any anybody got any input they'd like to uh, throw our way we'd we'd love that Yes, indeed. Um, and shall we uh, introduce today's guest? Um, where, you know, Corona Chat did come up in this podcast because it was recorded the week before. I think everything went a bit crazy and we sort of went into uh, isolation. Um, what an intro. And it's with <laughs> the wonderful um, Izzy Sutty. Yeah, oh, it's so nice to meet Izzy for at last because um, I've been friends with Izzy on, on uh, social media for quite a while and she's such a lovely person and it was great to actually meet up. We couldn't hug, uh, unfortunately, because we're both big huggers. And I know you are too, Jim. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't. <laughs> I'd forgotten that, actually. Um, this was the last pre-coronavirus isolation pod, really, wasn't it? This was the last one we were able to meet someone in person. Um, and you're right, we didn't we didn't hug, but we did have a very, very nice chat, uh, which, again, like most, could have gone on for hours afterwards. Um, and actually... Even just thinking back about this podcast now uh, fills me with a bit of warmth, actually. Um, at what a nice uh, afternoon it was chatting. So I'm hoping that comes across uh, during the podcast. Yeah, Izzy's so great and so warm and, and has got loads of um, great little anecdotes and a lot of ideas on sort of like creativity and stuff. So it was really great to sit down with her and chat to her about all different aspects of her work. And we also talked about Ouija boards. Yeah, that was a big theme on the pod. And in fact, I think it's one of the first things we talk about on the pod as well. And it, and it continues throughout. And it's fascinating, actually. I didn't really know much about Ouija boards. But um, yeah, really enjoyed that, weirdly. Yeah, yeah. Some real... Str- yeah, we went to some sort of unusual places in it. And that's great because, you know, we never know what, what you're going to get when you meet um, people for the first time. But we had some really fascinating chats about Ouija boards, derelict housing, um, which is a big passion of um, Izzy's, which I'd never heard of, though. Um, sort of these sort of strange um website where you can look around derelict buildings no me neither uh it was sorry miranda what are you doing oh. <laughs> sorry you have to cut this but miranda's just did you know that bit clip from the guy was on bbc news and his kid walked in, in oh the, yeah in yeah yeah she's just done that <laughs> with that little girl even got glasses on and i didn't i didn't get the oh, reference which was brilliant. very poor on my port but um yeah <laughs> that's good doesn't work on audio unfortunately if we were doing a video one that would have worked but yeah but um, your description was yeah, perfect was very... and I don't, I don't think we should cut this out <laughs> i think we should leave it in <laughs> oh i wish we were, were filming it because that was very funny mm. oh dear excellent reference from uh, my wife there very very good yeah very good um Anyway, shall we crack on uh, with this with this episode with Izzy? Because um, it's a really good one and it there's is. loads of great chat in it. Go for it. <laughs> okay, uh, this is Izzy Sutty on the Blank Podcast. 
I don't you know, or, well, no, in the, in the, do I, should, I, should we just lock down the hatches and just not go out? Well, we were just saying that. I think they know that people won't do it for that long. No. So it's like, don't want to introduce it too early. That's what he said last night. Yeah. 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 We're not used to living, we're not used to being told what to do, are no. we? No. No. No, that's true. But even like today, I was in, I was going to coffee at a cafe in, where I live in Seaford, and, they were, and I said, he said, what are you doing today? I said, I'm going to London. Ooh. I know, I know. Well, the school like, quiz has got cancelled for tonight. The school I was, quiz? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going, actually, but we just got an email. Oh, man, so, the school quiz is cancelled. You know that there's something going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. That's Jesus. the level. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I know, I think sometimes the thing of being out of London, it seems like a big deal to come in, but, mm. like, my friend who's moved back home to the Midlands was, like, everyone up here is saying, you know, oh, it's just flu, what's the fuss about? And it was really annoying her, because she's got a friend with health problems who would be vulnerable if they got it and stuff. Mm. And I was like... Um, and I, th- I said, no-one's really talking about it down here, but mm. I think in the last few days people are talking about it in London. Yeah. But I do think if you're outside London, it seems like it's like, oh, you're going on the tube. <laughs> yeah, I got the tube in, and actually it was no less crowded than normal. No. no oh, really? I think yeah. it's a little bit less crowded. Yeah, because I went up to Finsbury Park this morning, and normally the Victoria Line's really busy. Mm. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a... Maybe, in, I think in London there's a sense of just cracking on. We always yeah. crack on with things no matter yeah. what. But maybe it's maybe it's different around the country. I don't know. But then I've never lived through something like this before, so I don't know. None of us have. No, I don't know actually how to feel about it or I know whether to panic. I don't know. Well, Izzy City, welcome to what could be the last, <laughs> the last ever blank podcast. What an intro! <laughs> what an intro! Well, I'm very honoured to be on potentially the last <laughs> podcast of any. The last, yeah. the last ever, ever podcast. Be, yeah. Oh my god, it's a great idea for a podcast. That's actually. a lot of pressure, though. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, what's well, no one will be around to remember it. So. Mark, yeah, that's true. No one can yeah, yeah. hear it. <laughs> Mark Watson put up a tweet yesterday saying, which was brilliant. He said, I'm in a cafe and no one is recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really worried now. <laughs> Everyone's. I remember when people used to be like, do you want to do my podcast? And it was like, oh, what's the podcast kind of thing? And now, if people don't ask you to do their podcast, you're like, oh, my God, we haven't asked you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day we'll have no time for work. Everyone will just be doing each other's podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we might have a lot of time on our hands soon. Yeah, so, yeah well, exactly. Yeah. There is already a Corona podcast. There is. is there? Yeah, and oh, I do yeah. not want to listen to it. Not do I. Yeah, it came up on, like, the yeah. bottom of... And I was like, no oh, wow. Way. Did it come up on one of those things like... Things you've listened to, um, no, it's people the, have listened to this podcast. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, like sort of suggested. Not, yeah. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts about viruses, but <laughs> I guess it's just being like pushed on niche. the homepage. Yeah, 
<laughs> SARS, MERS. Yeah, you've been yeah. doing it for 10 years. Your they've been waiting, they've been waiting for this. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like people who manufacture hand sanitizer are like, yes. What are we going to do, though, actually, physically, if we are. I'm not sure us three are going to be the ones to work it out. Three months. Well, I read a. I read, um, like, an article by a woman who'd been um, put on, you know, like, she'd had to self-isolate. Right. She works for, like, a magazine, like, Glamour magazine or something. She'd been at Milan Fashion Week. That didn't get cancelled, did it? She'd been in Italy at some yeah, fashion okay. thing. She came back, she got a cough, she got a fever, she, she, she rang 111, and these women came in hazmat suits and took the, like, they parked opposite with a little green oh, light on top God. of their van. Oh, and it's, it's like that it, scene in E.T. Yeah. It's like a movie. I know. And then she said that it was quite hard. Um, and that, you know, at first it was like, oh, I'll get loads of things done. I'll, <laughs> like, reorder my drawers. And you know how you're supposed to, like, roll things in your drawers, like your pants and your socks? Yeah. She thought she'd do all that. And, of course, you don't. You don't ever do anything like that. <laughs> so, um, and then she couldn't touch her kids. So I started oh, thinking, oh, my God, God, yeah. Like, my daughter would go... If I, I hardly ever go away. And when I do, it's really hard for both of us. I've got a baby as well. And he, you know... He he would find it hard too, I reckon. Obviously, I'd find it really hard not to touch both of them. So it's like a thing of like having to be five feet away from your yeah. kid. Don't care about Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always at least ten feet away from him. Um, <laughs> um, I just had this sort of like, I imagined Betty being on the other side of this yeah. gulf and being like, Mummy. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I not thought about that. Yeah, and you're like, oh, sorry, I've got to watch another Netflix series. Sorry, like, yeah. Close Rano the door, C- you yeah. know. <laughs> Pull the blind down. <laughs> I know, and also, you, like, you imagine like being brought loads of like grapes on a platter, and like, yeah, but yeah. actually, no one can come near you. So you have to wait till everyone yeah. you can use the kitchen, but oh, away from the family, and have to clean the bathroom every time you've used it. What's yeah. cleaning the bathroom? Well, exactly. <laughs> what is that? Clean the bathroom. We've had we're having house viewings. Oh my god, we're trying. We're trying to sell our flat. It's a terrible time. Well, we're trying to buy this year, and I just keep thinking, is it? it could it be a good time, though? Good. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. No one else is doing it. I think... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's good, isn't it? Um, yeah. And there's a thing that people are probably a bit worried about their earnings, especially if they're self-employed. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, but, I mean, you know, if you drop the price a little bit, you might. We already have, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Where do you live? Maybe we could just buy your... Amersham in Buckinghamshire. Oh, that's near my mum. Is it? Yeah. It's a nice, very nice part of the world. It could be good. It's a very nice... (laughs) Is the bathroom clean? It is now. No. He clearly said earlier that he didn't know (laughs) where it was. Last few weeks, we have cleaned that bathroom so hard. Um, Oh, God, yeah, I just thought about that. We've started um, getting my son to clean the bathroom. How old is he? He's 10. Oh, that's good. uh, Obviously, there's a fee involved. Yeah. Um, but he's really thorough. That's great. He's really thorough. I don't know where he's got this thoroughness from. It's not Good. learned behaviour. <laughs> but he's really thorough about doing it. It's like he takes real pride in it, which is lovely. He takes real pride in it. And he gets his 50p at the end. That's so great. Yeah. You're underpaying him big time. Oh, massively underpaying him. Because it's pretty grotty, actually. Pretty got a job doing the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Does he do the toilet? No. Yeah. I, I mean, feel that would be unfair, yeah, really. I think that is unfair. I think yeah. at least 75p. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it gets next to... Yeah. yeah, oh, that actually... That's giving me an idea. Um, yeah, I think that would be unfair to do, make him do that as well. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's slave labour, basically. I think that's the way forward. Yeah, Get your children right. to do the chores. 
well that mm. might be the future yeah. we're, all, we're all self-isolated yeah. as families <laughs> just clean my daughter's only five months old but do you know what's no excuse I know I'm sure she could put a finger <laughs> quite how old are your two five and 14 months okay yeah 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 so are you sleeping well we are now so the 14 month old um it, so betty who's a five-year-old has always been um an amazing sleeper um and i never really understood oh, when people shoot, complained it? i was like oh, man, yeah. part of me was like oh just get on with it uh, which sounds awful but i can only yeah. say that now because i've had a bad sleep a second yeah um but also no i didn't really think that I, I used to sometimes think oh come on how bad can it be because i just had the experience of a baby who slept through from about eight weeks. Do you f- wow. did you find that you couldn't tell people? Like you almost sort of said, "Oh no, we had a really bad really, night last night." I used to be really vague. I was like, "Oh, I can't really remember." And they were like, "Well, how can't yeah. you remember? I've only had two hours broken sleep." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know." Um, but now we've really been paid back for our smugness. <laughs> this is exactly so, yeah. the same because our first Eli, he slept from twelve weeks through twelve hours a night. Yeah. And then wow. it's sunny. Took five years for him to sleep through the night. So, and is he all Savage. right now? Does he? He does sleep now. Yeah. He doesn't come into your room and. No, he's got yeah. much better now. That's good. We got a lady to come and stay in the end, yeah. um, and she was really lovely. And it actually wasn't very bad at all. She just said he doesn't need to be drinking milk at night. And then once we took those bottles away, it was like, oh, he's sleeping a lot better. But then there was like one more bit we had to sort of get through to get him to yeah. sleep till. 5.30 or 6, he sleeps till now. I used to wake up every 45 minutes in the morning. Oh, man, um, nice. Then wake up the day at 4 or 4.30. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. There were days like... There were days where... I mean, when they both got chicken pox as well, when he was only about eight weeks old. Oh, Christ. Um, that's yeah, really I know. Young it was really... It, it? Yeah. Um, and um, I, we, like, we were sort of swapping. We'd do like an hour with each one and swapping. And then... Um, we like I remember telling Betty a story. She was in such pain that she would only stop sort of crying if I was telling her a story. And I fell asleep as I was talking, and that's the that's one of the tiredest I've ever been. I think because it was on top of having no sleep for yeah. weeks and weeks from from Steffi. So, yeah. How does your baby sleep? Um, really varied. Some nights fine, and other night. Last two nights have been pretty brutal. Not yeah. not been good. But um, some nights would give us like four or five hours. As a chunk, and we think, oh, that feels. Yeah. And then you feel like, oh, here we go, we cracked it, and then the next night, it's like, yeah. I know that's a really tricky thing. It's a really hard to. Yeah. You haven't got any control over it. Yeah. And I got I, my wife wasn't very happy with me last night because um, <laughs> Maria woke up, and I woke up, and Miranda was with her, and I said something like, and I was like in like a half sleepy state. Something like, oh dear, what are we going to do? And then, then fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and Rana said, you sounded so sarcastic as you said that. And I was like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Well, you I felt really guilty. As well. You'll be okay. But you do, like, you're just, I think, sleep deprived. You do just say and do silly things. Yeah, you You're do. just not in control. No, and you're so desperate to not deal with it. You're, yeah. You're just like... <laughs> Please let me have another. Let me sleep for two hours rather than like one and a half hours. Like it becomes so yeah. petty, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's it's hard. It's tricky. But there's yeah. always it always it always gets better. But it's all a phase. Mm. The thing yeah. that we got told early on, which we keep telling ourselves, is everything, good or bad, is a phase. It's so true. And that kind of keeps us going. Yeah. Like it gets you through it. 
Yeah. It's better to remember that everything bad is a phase, isn't it, rather than that everything good is a phase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's you're true. Happy, yeah. Like, well, it's just a phase. Yeah, like, well, you can, so. yeah you're going to feel like shit tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better get ready for feeling yeah. shit. <laughs> that's also not far from the truth either. Oh dear. But um, yeah, what what are you what what are you like with sleep, or what were you like with sleep? Before. Like generally, yeah. me and sleep. I think it comes I've always, up a lot on this pod. Yeah, um, I've always been oh good, good really. I've had like one, two times in my life where I had, I suppose what you'd call insomnia, but it seems a bit wrong to call it that because I, you know, when I read about people like David Baddiel, because he did like a sort of show about insomnia, and I was like, wow. We honestly. talked about it yeah. with him on here. On yeah. the did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Robin Ince as well. Mm. Um, and then I sort of think, well, you know, I just had basically three or four nights where, but that was definitely stress. So the first time, I don't know why I was stressed. So the first time I was doing a play called Frog in Love about a frog that fell in love with a duck. Um, maybe it's because I was playing three different animals and I got a bit stressed about different accents. I don't know. You were playing a frog, a duck, I, was playing, and... I wasn't playing the frog. The frog oh. was played by this actor called Tom and he just played the frog, whereas all the other actors played like multiple animals. And you were doing different accents for the animals? Yeah, the duck was Scouse. Um, I was a rat. I think the rat was Cockney. And maybe... A, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that yeah. would be common, Yeah, it's kind of like, really like, yeah, I'm going to get you some cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what was the... I, I don't know what my third animal was, but it was a long time ago. But, yeah, it was, the, it was a great was? strain. It was, a, <laughs> it was a stretch. No, I can't do that many accents, so I must have... Scouse... Cockney, probably posh. Yeah. Yeah. Or northern. Just northern. <laughs> Just, yeah. More northern Generic than me. Northern. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what it was. We'd had a bit of a break, and then we were going back, and we were going to do it in Edinburgh. But I just, we started rehearsing, sort of re rehearsing to remember it. So we'd had like a month off, and in Norwich it was. And I just couldn't sleep for like three nights. And it became really surreal. I was like, surely I'm going to sleep tonight. Like after the first night, I was like, Okay, well, that was a one-off, surely. And it was like this nightmare. I was like, I can't believe this is happening again. And, and then the other time, like, when I was doing Shameless, um, which I did in, I think, 2012, um, I was in Manchester and um, I was just, I suppose, very tired and there were a lot of last-minute scripts and schedule changes and stuff. Mm. And it was a fun job. It was quite full-on at times. And I think I just got a bit stressed and that was it. I was in this hotel. That was... So I was in a hotel, um, and I they used to put us in, in this hotel near Piccadilly Station, and there was sort of, this is the third night that I hadn't slept very much. The first time I slept for maybe an hour or two hours, mm. and then the third night I didn't sleep at all. I was just lying there all night. And you start to worry, don't you? Like, oh, my God, I'm not going to remember to rem- be able to remember my lines, and I'm not. And actually, it was it was okay. Like, it was okay because I was busy when I was at work, but... But in the morning of the fourth morning, um, we used to all get into this minibus to take us to the set. And um, I I left it quite late to get out of bed because I was still hoping. I was like, oh, I've got a, my call time's six. It's like 20 past five. Maybe I can still get oh, 10 yeah, minutes exactly. sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I was like, no, this isn't going to happen. So I, I had a shower. I think I then got back into bed and went on my phone in the dark. So then... The room was pitch black. I think I had a lamp on, turned it off. So I just walked across the room in the pitch black because the curtains were drawn. And I walked into um, 
the bathroom door, which was open. Oh. So I walked into the sort of side of the door, if that makes sense. Like if you yeah. imagine walking into an open door, the yeah. bit, not the hinge bit, but the bit. The hard bit. Yeah, and I just carried, I was like, oh, like a cartoon, like stepped back to him and, oh, yeah. and then just carried on walking, got in the minibus. As soon as I got in, everyone was like, oh my God, is he, what's happened to your yeah. eye? And I was like, because it had been pitch black. Yeah. I just was like, um, I don't know. And then I got there and it was like, had a completely black eye and needed oh, it glued no. and oh Christ yeah so they had and you to, had you were so tired that the pain just didn't really register yeah. it at all and so I had to go to A and E and then um, I had to just go back on to, they were like can you rest because so and yeah, yeah well, could sleep in A and E yeah exactly there was an assistant director with me and they were like she needs to rest this afternoon she was like no and then we just <laughs> went straight back to set and they just shot round it so you can oh, really? see one side really? of my face yeah <laughs> I can't say what do they do? Yeah, yeah we just like, no, not, not with this. We were already behind. We were like two weeks behind. There was just no way. Yeah. <laughs> You're such an inconvenience, is he? Just like brush your hair to one side. Like, yeah, like, exactly. Can you dress as a pirate? <laughs> yeah. 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 So oh, that, ha- that definitely happened as a result of having no sleep, though, which I think was a result of sort of being a bit stressed. But luckily, on the whole, I can. Oh, right. I used to always be able, I used to never be able to go to sleep unless I'd read. So even when the kids were really young, I would always read like at least two or three pages of a book before I went to sleep. But weirdly, in the last two nights, I've been so tired that I've just been able to go to sleep yeah. without. It's such a sort of like oh, I can't I can't go to sleep unless I unless I've read a few pages. Of, but, but it was always the way. Like I just it's like it sort of clears my mind. It must be a sort of yeah yeah. Well, it's better than being on your. Well, phone. I've taken to doing yeah. that as a someone who has had periods of bad sleep. I've started doing that, reading a few pages before I go to sleep. Do you, what do you read? Like my mum reads a really boring thing. Like she can't oh, read okay. a book that's too exciting. You know when you like oh, a thriller okay. or yeah. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. kind of book? She really sometimes even I think she sometimes even reads like manuals about how to operate. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> washing machine instructions. Yeah, exactly. But like a washing machine chassis we've got anymore. How to descale the coffee machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I do tend to tend to read a book that I'm that I like, like a, a fiction book or whatever yeah. I'm reading at the time. They say which I find is yeah. Advice. Is it to do with rapid eye movement, though, isn't it? Like the scanning kind of effect. I think Maybe. it's something to get you into the, the mode. That makes sense. They say as well, like, if you're going to bed and you've got, you're stressed or you've just got a lot on your mind, they say to, like, write it all down, don't they? Get a notepad and write everything. And it's like a sort of physical motion sort of, of the stuff coming it. out. Yeah. And then you're sort of clearing your mind. I've never tried that, but it seems like a logical thing to possibly would work. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely... Do you have this thing where you're sometimes about to go to sleep and you remember, like, either an idea for something yeah. or a thing that you have to do, like a practical then, thing? Yeah. yeah. And then you're back. I know. I'm and back. Then, like, I used to again. email it to myself, and now I leave my phone downstairs. So then I have to have a pen and paper upstairs. It's very complicated, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And then you fall asleep with a pad on your face. Yeah. The other night, I was... I had that, and I had to pop into the spare room. Oh, my God, it's the most middle-class thing I've ever said. I had to pop into the spare room. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. I can't believe you're selling your house. You've got a spare room. <laughs> I just popped into the spare room. Yeah, the butler was there living. Um, but I was going in and out with my laptop, just thinking of ideas. Yeah. And I don't know why the why does the brain do that? It seems like this half-awake state is really good for creativity. Do you know what? It probably is really good for creativity, but it's just a bit inconvenient <laughs> that you need to go to sleep. Like, yeah, if you, you know, lived on your own and you could go to sleep at 3am, it wouldn't matter, you know, you could just, like... It does seem to be a sort of conflict of the, the sort of creative mind to go to sleep. 
Yeah. But we need to be awake all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. That million dollar idea yeah, comes yeah. along. Yeah. It's the same with, like, um, I find in the shower I have a lot of ideas and driving. I don't know if it's just something Yeah, I have doing in the thing. bath. I have them. Yeah. Because you're just switched yeah. off, I guess, or something? Or you're just, I don't know, not concentrating on anything. So that other than creative part of your brain starts worrying away to fill the, the gap, maybe. But you're still doing something. So I think it's about, like, when you're driving, you are, in a sense, being creative, which sounds a bit weird, but you are having to make decisions all the yeah. time. Yeah. And certainly if you're trying to park on my road, you're being creative. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you, like, you've got to make... You are making decisions. You are sort of creating a route. I wonder if it's good for your brain. Like, when I knit, which I don't do enough now, and I'm going to start properly doing it again. Um, when I'm writing, I sometimes write for 45 minutes, then knit for a quarter of an hour. And when I'm knitting, it's like my brain sort of subconsciously ticks over everything that I've done. And then when I go back to it... It's like made a leap that I'm not even sort of aware of, and I think driving is a similar is it a thing. Monday or two, maybe. Like, yeah, it, maybe. Because I used to do it with Pac-Man as well. I used to play uh, Pac-Man for 15 really? minutes, put the timer on, and that had the same effect. So maybe it is. Maybe it's a repeated yeah. thing. I suppose driving is quite repetitive, isn't yeah. it? You're, and your brain is allowed to. Whereas I think sometimes if you sit there with like a blank page, you yeah. can't think of anything. It's like yeah. you've got to half be doing something else to get going sometimes. There must be a formula in that that we can yeah. kind of come up with now. <laughs> yeah. And make our millions. That's really interesting. Because you think like there must be something that you could create that could allow, that could, facilitate yeah. creativity. But then what, if, if, everyone's, trying to create. if everyone's got their thing that they can do, then maybe there wouldn't be any need for a product. There should, probably no, should be true, a yeah. book saying how to find your yes. thing yeah. that will be the key to... Okay, good. This is good brainstorming. Okay, all right. We'll go, we'll go split three ways in the book. Um, but that's true, because I find when I'm writing, it, it does come in bursts, and it might... Now think about it, it might be like 45 minute bursts that it does come and you, su- you suddenly feel like yeah. it's literally flowing out of you. And I don't know what's triggered it or whatever, but it's suddenly... I know. It, I like it. To, I used to do Ouija boards. I used to do a lot of Ouija boards on my own Did when you? I was growing on up. Your yeah, own? yeah, on my own. My mum taught me how to do them <laughs> <laughs> when I was like 12. Well, uh, it's quite young. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I, sometimes I used to... I, ne- I, I don't know. I don't really know what I think about whether it's really a spirit or whether it's kind of a mind over matter thing. But definitely something odd happens. So I think... Can we just go back to the But day. I was going to liken it to the flow. Well, the I was going to say how right. go flow around the, the Ouija board. Yeah. Go yeah, back yeah. to the, the day. <laughs> the day. Come so and look at this. Yeah, come to my laboratory. <laughs> um, I was reading a book, um, a, and it was an American fiction book, a bit like Judy Bloom. Okay. Kind of thing. I was probably about 12 or 13. And um, in it, the girls fancied a boy and they said, let's ask the Ouija board what to do. And um, I'd never seen that word before. So I said to mum, what's a Ouija, Ouija board? Would, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's such an odd, odd yeah. yeah. In fact, I don't know where that word's from, but... No, I don't. Um, I said to mum, what's this? And she was like, oh, I used to do them. <laughs> I asked how many children I would have, and it said two, and I've had two, so it must always tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, she showed me how to make one. So that I've been using it for everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's told me not to clean the bathroom for five years. Um, so I, she showed me how to do it. You just get an A4 piece of paper, and this is what I used to do, and write the alphabet out in a big circle, mm-hmm. sort of an, a, an egg shape, I suppose. And then in the middle is a cross, um, 
than yes on the left hand side an and X no or like an a X, X rather than a cross yeah. of Jesus or yeah. yeah and then on the yes is no, um, the left and no is on the right and then we used to put numbers for some reason um, and then she just said that I had to put my finger on a glass and say spirit of the glass I believe in you okay um, and the first few times I did it I don't think I can't really remember but I know it started working pretty quickly I don't think it worked the first time. And I did Spirit of the Coin, I believe in you, and I used to do it with a 2P, and that was a lot easier. But the feeling that I used to get when it was moving round was that it was moving on its own. Okay. And I used to do them with other people as well. And I could off... You can tell the difference between when someone, in inverted commas, is pushing it, partly because the tip of their fin- finger or their nail goes slightly different colour, because they've got to put pressure on it. Of course, yeah. Were but, you looking out for that then, then? Yeah. Yeah. But on my own finger as well, because you start to think, what's happening here? Yeah, like, am, am I, I, am I, am I doing, doing Yeah, this? And yeah. I suppose a lot of people would say, yes, you are doing it. I think I would probably say that too. But something odd happens when it flows. And I think that that's almost a bit like when people lie on beds of nails or mm-hmm. when it's like that area of your brain that you don't really know anything about yeah. that, that you you feel definitely like something is pushing it and it is a really, really weird feeling and it probably is you gearing yourself into this other state. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Um, but but I, talk, I used to come home from school and do them on my own every day. It was just part of my... What sort of things were you asking? You I was asking... I, was, I talked to someone who's died, who died from the plague and... Um, I was always asking it stuff like, shall I go out with John? Or shall <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what GCSE shall I and do? And the spirit's like, oh, my yeah, God. Like, like, why are you asking me? Question. Well, yeah, also, you're... Oh, you're, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's easy again. Not the John oh, one again. Not that girl from Matlock's Look, just fucking again. leave John alone, yeah. OK? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, right, you entrust these spirits with all the... I mean, how do they know whether I should do psychology or sociology or GCSE? <laughs> they could be a labourer who died of the plague four, 400 years ago, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's odd. You sort of entrust them with these... You see, it's how it didn't do history GCSE very well, because I don't even know when the plague was. So 400 years ago, it was like the 16th century, wasn't it? Oh, okay. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, firstly, it's a, it's, a, it's a big leap from your mum from doing Ouija boards to reading washing machine manuals. So yes, that's really true. I think in her later yeah. years, yeah, yeah. she's, uh, she, she's realised that... Yeah, I think doing a Ouija board just before you go to sleep wouldn't be a good idea. No. <laughs> Have you ever done Ouija boards? No. No, I've never done I did have, I think, an ex-girlfriend used to do Ouija boards. But I didn't realise, actually, that you could do these kind of... uh, Blue Peter style home Oh, sure, ones. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've never, I imagine yeah, you had to, you had buy to the have whole... the actual. No, no, no. Find no. it, no, no, find no, it no. in a corner. The person I knew, sure. would they just, yeah, do it on a bit of paper? Like, I, got, no, I became known as someone who would start. Ouija boards, like so, if we were, like having what a party, in, in a local village. yeah, well, like <laughs> parties. So, like when I was in the sixth form, I lived with my best mate and her family for a little while, and we used to have loads of parties. And it would always be like they'd try and do a Ouija board, and by that point, I was like, my, I'm done with Ouija boards. I'm, like, I'm not doing them anymore. And then they were like, just start it off for us. I became known as someone who could like, and then I just used to take my finger off. I used to really worry that like the spirit was trapped in my finger. It's not. I don't think it's very good for you psychologically. No, no. <laughs> but it is interesting that you are. Clearly... But you did get invited to a lot of parties. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But you are clearly, like you say, tapping into a corner of the brain or something, or you know, that doesn't maybe get tapped into that. I think that's it. And that there are certainly people who believe that there are people who, who believe that Ouija boards. You are talking to spirits. 
there are people who probably believe that you're talking to spirits who are pretending to be other spirits. I mean, I remember once at this party in Sheffield, we, we kept asking to speak to Bob Marley, and everyone was like, we're not getting Bob Marley. Like, it's like these other spirits were getting annoyed that we weren't satisfied with them. And stuff yeah. like, is Bob Marley available? And kept going to know. I mean, it's just like, you know. Why, why Bob, though? Why Bob Marley? We just really wanted to tell him that we thought his music was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who were you getting instead, do you think? Just some, like you say, some Welsh miner. Well, yeah. So, you, so sometimes you ask them their name. Yeah. And they spell it out. Um, you get people from different countries. Um, you don't often ask for like John Lennon or Bob Marley. I don't think that's the done thing. In the yeah. country, blah, blah. So what <laughs> you good. what you normally do is you say like you get it going, and then it sometimes takes twenty or thirty minutes before it moves, and then it will move to yes. Is anyone there? Please move to yes. That's yeah. how we normally start. I don't want this to be an instruction for anyone who's listening. <laughs> how to, um, but you want you want to find out if someone's there first, mm. and then we used to say ask it to spell out its name next and then and then one of the last times that I did one because I carried on sort of doing them now and again um actually one of the last time I did one I was at school we'd asked is anyone there please me to yes and it was a soldier mm-hmm. and he was from Norway I think or somewhere in Scandinavia and this is before the internet and he spelt we asked him to spell out yeah and we asked him to spell out um like some names of villages that he'd lived near and stuff and so we did and then we looked them up in this I suppose encyclopedia or atlas Mm. and they didn't exist so then we started to think well then you think well so is it all bullshit or Mm. is it a spirit pretending to be Norwegian I think it's probably I think it's probably the people who are doing it but there is a shared when it starts moving quickly and you're doing it with other people there is a real atmosphere in the room yeah. and it's mm. probably just your some your all your focus making yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. quite it's quite amazing really weirdly it's, social thing yeah yeah they might <laughs> come back in people. maybe this like, is a start yeah, of, a, yeah. of a new of a new yeah. uh, a new cycle with the self-isolation yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get the ouija board out what else we going yeah. to do for yeah three weeks that's interesting. I've never really even thought about them. And well, I know. I think they're sort of a bit of a like, oh, you know, like clairvoyance. I'd never think about or seance. You'd be like, oh, that's. A... But yeah, there's something yeah, yeah. about when you're young and you've got no money, and someone tells you you can make something out of a piece of paper, you're probably going to do it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Not? It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, it's that kind of. Slightly risky kind of thing, yeah. isn't it? It's felt it really suited like, me at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of feeling like you're doing something a bit, a bit rebellious. Yeah, but not too bad. What was teenage life like, though? Generally, because um, you're you from Hull originally, aren't you? Yeah, I was born in Hull, but yeah. I moved from Hull when I was two, yeah. so I can't really remember much of it, if any of it. Yeah. When I go back, I like to think I sort of like it's my hood, and I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I do, I think the hall's a great place. Um, so it was really brought, then I moved to Hertfordshire till I was okay. six. And then dad got a job near Matlock in Derbyshire. So okay. that's where I really consider home. Mm. Um, it was, um, I think I was quite frustrated at being in a small town. Mm. Um, I always wanted to perform and write from uh, forever. So I just wanted to be at drama school, stage school. I used to sort of dream about that. And, um, didn't probably fully appreciate the beauty of that area. Um, but I did also really love growing up there. 
Um, on the whole, I think I was probably average, like had some mm. hard times sort of dealing with, like I used to write a lot of songs, you know, songs like Nothing Is Real and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> kind of, always, I felt like I was always searching for something bigger, like always wanting to kind of... That was always out. in you. Yeah, I suppose... Like, when did you start? Because you played the guitar. Was that the first thing you yeah, learned? Yeah. The, I suppose the first things that I learned were like violin and okay. recorder. But I suppose so I learned recorder. Recorder. <laughs> recorder. Oh I remember the first time I heard it. Yeah. There's a real lack of international yeah. recorder stars, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there really is. My mum is a recorder teacher, actually. She's a qualified recorder teacher and she used to teach our primary school and she's always like, I'm going to record a concert. They do exist, you know. It's like, oh, yeah, it's isn't just a, an instrument that kids play in primary that. school. Yeah. Um, so violin was, and I never said, never really into that. that. Like, it is, it's hard. Yeah. And you can't write songs. It's not a very cool instrument no, when you're a teenager. Not a cool instrument at all. No. And then piano. My mum was a piano teacher as well. She's an organist now, a church organist. So we were always very sort of, dad wasn't really that musical, but mum used to play a lot of different instruments. So um, music really and songwriting was the thing that I clung on to and, and performing like youth theatre and stuff throughout my teenage years and that was the thing that sort of kept me rooted through there are some hard times it's funny looking back isn't it because you think oh god I can't believe I got that I was broken hearted over this guy who was turned out to be such a twat or whatever but at the time it feels it can be very hard can't it feelings are relative yeah they are they are and so I used to be able to go home and write a song about it, and that used to really help me. I Such think, a good outlet, isn't it? Out. Music, yeah. yeah. And they weren't funny at all, you know. They they were extremely angsty and serious, but yeah. Um, but I think, yeah. as well, being a musician as well, I think we all go through that phase with writing music, where we just want to bare our souls. It's an important part, I think, of the journey. Of, I've like, never been able to do that. Play um, yourself. One, I can only play about four chords on the guitar anyway. Um, I can't write. I've tried writing serious music and it just it all seems and feels and sounds so like bleh, But how like, old were you when you tried? Because I think. 35. The, <laughs> I think the younger you are, yeah. <laughs> the easier it is in a way. Because yeah. you haven't got that filter of yeah. this, you know, you just. I so. found a. Uh, um, funny enough, after we spoke to David oh, Deal, joking about that. Um, on the podcast a few weeks back, um, we were talking about first bands, and he was in a band, wasn't he, with Mark Commode. And we talked about my old band, Beach in November. Do you remember talking yeah. about it? And I went into the loft, and I found an old lyrics book. And I must have been about 16, I think, when I was writing it. And the lyrics are so dark. <laughs> oh, really? Um, yeah. They're, like, properly, like, horrible what are they about? Oh, well, I think like, similar things, just probably life. relationships like, yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah, just teen angst and, yeah, Ooh, I fucking hate everything. Is that, why, is that why some bands get worse as they get older? Because when they're younger, they, like... Well, they lose some of that edge, don't yeah. they? You definitely have, you have that thing that you wear, the stereotypical person becomes a bit more right-wing as they get old, starts off, mm, yeah. you know, going on protests and stuff, and then, and then moves the, the to who? Buckinghamshire. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah. Not my own experience, but I can confirm that does happen. Both remain, though, I just want to put that yeah. out there. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So true. <laughs> no, like when I lived in Guildford, I used to think, oh, you know, I'll end up moving to Guildford when I'm like 40, which seems so far away, doesn't it, when you're 18? Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, that's. GSA, didn't you? Yeah, my I did, wife yeah. GSA oh, really? Well. Oh, yeah. okay. And my mum lived in Guildford as well, so not at the same time. They're not the same age. 
When did your wife graduate? Uh, 2006. Oh, okay. Yeah, liked it a lot. Really liked it. Yeah, it's a good school. But yeah, the, the, that thing about becoming more more right wing as you get older mm. doesn't happen to everyone, and not everyone starts off left wing, do they? But just that trajectory that that can happen mm. commonly. Maybe it's a similar thing that bands start off being so kind of rich in terms of what they want to say and become more rich. I like yeah. this. I, I just started this metaphor. I quite like <laughs> I become more yeah. rich financially, yeah. and then they're like, actually, I'm I'm less bothered about things because yeah. I've got yeah, because I'm doing all yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's why I which I think is a tr- money as I get older. So I want to stay, you but, know, reaching creativity. But often detrimental to the art, I think. Yeah, yeah. It was a sweeping statement there. I was yeah. thinking about this yesterday because I was with I did um, a thing yesterday with Mark Thomas, and he is always so tuned in to. He's always so open and mischievous, and he's always so mm. caring about various causes and it's like he's never lost that appetite for change whereas I think with a lot of people it diminishes over time and it can be quite hard to yeah um but then you do get those artists don't you who keep creating amazing yeah. music you, everyone has their kind of fallow years like yeah, yeah. Bowie I think to yeah. an extent but yeah. um you can't really escape it but well, then Bowie released an amazing album on his deathbed yeah well exactly that's yeah. it he was like it was like the... I remember I remember seeing that and I was at the time like wasn't sure what I was doing creatively and stuff. I was like, if David Bowie can do an album while he's dying, you can get off your ass and you can like write something, mate. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's sometimes very inspirational, isn't it? Seeing mm. stuff. But I was sort of reading this thing about a woman in chronic pain who still writes every day and stuff. And I was like, right, come on. You know? Yeah, yeah. You got no yeah. excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what sort of music were you into when you were first doing guitar? Then? Like the things that I used to listen to were things like The Doors and Frank Zappa, okay. um, and then also like hip hop, like Tupac and. Um, at the time, sort of when I was a teenager, a lot of a lot of my life was based around like being in a group of people who were also in bands. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kinds of things that we, the kind of music we used to make, was always based on what kind of music we were listening to. So it was like Ned's Atomic Dustbin and like. Oh, okay, yeah, God, I had that yeah. one of their albums. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Jones. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were great. That... And then EMF and. Oh yeah, yeah EMF. But the, Unbelievable. I used to like Simply Red as well, so I was always a bit like, can we do, guys, can we do some Simply Red? They're like, what? So did you do covers? Did you do some covers? Um, so, in, so I was in quite a few bands. Yeah, um, yeah. You were in a prog rock band as well, weren't you? I was in a so, prog rock band when I lived in um, East Dulwich. That was when okay. I first graduated. So the first band that I was in was Izzy Sutty and the Muppets, which only got named by someone else on the day of our one gig, um, <laughs> which was at Stockholm's Village Hall up the road. And I used to have drum lessons with a guy up the road and then we used to jam with... I was sort of mates with that whole group yeah, of people yeah. and went out with his brother and stuff like that. And um, so that was all my songs. Um, and um, I drank a whole bottle of champagne from oh, my parents. You celebrated before the gig. <laughs> <laughs> We've got <Yeah>. a gig! <laughs> 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 and I think that was the night that I this has happened to me more than once I threw up I threw up into a bush and it was I I stuck my head into a spider's web without realising it was in the bush so I like did the gig with like a spider's web in my head and I thought it was really cool yeah <laughs> that is cool yeah really goth in yeah so I was probably like um, 14 then or 15 um, but before that even I was always doing songs on my own so it was the first sort of Live gig that I did, I suppose, was was like was thirteen or fourteen. So Izzy City and the Muppets. Yeah, that how was many just of, one, one. How gig? many of, of you were in the band? <laughs> there probably about four of the people, and that was just like. So to you and the drums. Muppets were. Yeah, we're 
Matt Chandler, Dan Marriott, with Tom Marriott and, yeah, one other. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> there might have been trumpet in there because they had a big brass section in there. Wow, band. okay. Yeah, they were in a really good band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound. They did a lot of covers. Yeah, I always found that um, surrounding yourself with other musicians that are really good yes. is helpful. Yeah, it's definitely helpful, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's been my motto. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what was after that? Um, Microfish, um, which was a... I only did about three gigs... That was none of my songs. That was all their songs. So I was born as a kind of female singer that was already a male singer. And we just used to kind of improvise. I used to smoke loads of fags. I remember we used to sit there and just smoke about ten fags in a row and then get up and sing. And it was always the same four chords in the same order, (laughs) even for the mid, late and the chorus. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) And we did like... It's quite experimental. Yeah. (laughs) We did two or three gigs and we got stuff thrown at us at one gig that was in a pub. Wow. Yeah. What are they? What, yeah, I was going to say, what kind of things? I can't remember. My friend was reminding me of this the other day, and she said, Do you remember that they shouted, Bag of shite? <laughs> Which is such a Matlock thing. <laughs> Bag of shite. And they were shat- throwing. So I think Ashtrays. they were I don't think they were throwing glass things. I think I would have remembered that. Yeah. Surely I'd remember, like, yeah, a glass yeah, yeah, splintering yeah, yeah. at my. I think they must have thrown, like, yeah, fag butts, maybe? That was yeah, when you could smoke. Yeah. Beer mats, yeah. Beer Bag mats. of shite, not a bad name for a band. Bag of shite is a great Yeah. Bag of yeah. It's not a great review, though. <laughs> it's <not. laughs> no, it's not a great review. <laughs> so, yeah, that was Microfish. And that was with a guy whose mum had met, had, had a stall next to my mum at a craft fair. So that's how that had started. Oh, like, oh my son writes me. He plays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mum used to like take me to band practice and pick me up. What did he play? What was I his... think he played guitar okay. and wrote all the chord sequences. Which um, was the same. Yeah, sorry, it. Martin, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how I remember it. Um, and then the lyrics were always just so meaningless. It was like, kind of like, I'm floating through the sky. <laughs> wondering, wondering why. I don't think it was ever, I think it was all improvised, like, even at the gigs. I didn't wow, really know. that's quite um, that's brave. Yeah, yeah brave. I suppose yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. I there was never really any sort of structure to band practice or anything. And then that was, then I used to just do gigs on my own after that, really. So that, oh no, Infinite Dream. <laughs> be much better on my own. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weird. Like People shouting, bag of shite, <laughs> throwing things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Infinite Drift, that was the best band that okay. I was in at school. So Infinite Drift were with two actually very good musicians called James and David. And so they were really into yeah. organs and, yeah, and synths and stuff. Okay. And, um, we did, like, Pink Floyd covers in Okay, that. cool. Um, yeah, yeah. And some of the songs were very long. They were, like, 13 yeah, or 14 yeah. minutes oh, long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, Sean and they, Crazy yeah. was probably about 15 minutes, isn't it? Yeah. Quite long. It's, yeah. So you, were, so, there was, so you had synths. You were playing guitar, I guess. I was playing guitar, um, maybe keyboards? I think maybe just okay. guitar. And singing. Oh, I was yeah. always singing, yeah. And then they did my songs in that, but they kind of, okay. like, prog-rocked them. Because my songs sort of quite folky, so we sort of had to add oh, an instrumental yeah. verse and kind of slow it down a bit. And yeah, yeah, it was one called the clock. About eight minutes, is that? Okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Can we just do it twice? First course, first yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. Drifter. That's the first of the bands you've mentioned that I could imagine seeing on like a Spotify playlist. Like that sounds like a yeah, like a band name actually. I've got. Um, Have you still I've got, got recordings? Yeah, on Have my you? laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. If you, you want, I can send you one. You can please. Use oh my it as God. The, as yes. the play out. Yes. Oh, yes. Like, okay. yes, definitely. I'll send you the clock. Please. Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing. God, amazing. Yeah. 
Um, and how many gigs did you do with Infinite? I only remember doing two, which Infinite was Infinite Drift. Oh, yeah, sorry, one was at this, in our sports hall and one was at the Matlock Bath Pavilion. During which we projected pictures oh God, of like power film. stations and yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were definitely the best band that I was in at school, and then I think that was it till I graduated, and then I was in Good Morning Sunday, which was a fusion of prog rock and South Af- traditional South African music. Wow, oh, wow. yeah, and that was actually an opera. There was an opera singer in it. It was crazy. Oh, that was quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that is yeah. cool. We did a few gigs. We did the windmill in Brixton. And awesome. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good venue. That is a great venue. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just hard, isn't it, when you're... Oh, if you're not so getting hard. any money from it, and um, it just kind of breaks down, doesn't it? You think, and then there were a few clashes between the... I, again, we didn't do any of my songs. They were all one... The main oh, okay. singer's songs. And then we were... Me and this other girl in it, we just sort of did backing vocals and we sang some lead vocals but I think often when bands start even with the best intentions that there's a kind of something emerges and it's like oh we're actually just doing their songs and we're and if you're yeah, not careful over yeah. time it's that idea of collaboration which it should be yeah um, it should but yeah I've, I've been in lots of bands as well so I know that well yeah um, and actually also being that person that is bringing a lot of stuff to the table you don't necessarily always want to be the one that's like uh, being the, you know like I used to do stuff in one band where I was doing nearly everything like arranging and you know doing all the riffs and all that sort of stuff then you feel a bit like oh am I just taking over sure uh, you know am I losing the room a little bit here <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but then you yeah. don't want to delegate by that no exactly like, yeah and then, yeah. well, then you start delegating, you think, actually, they're not doing it how I really wanted it to be. I've got it in my head like mm. this. It's, it's really no. tricky. It's really tricky being in a band. It's a really, I, you know, if you, if I, I do, like, from what you're saying about bands that um, maybe have lost their way a little bit, to, if you're still doing a band, like, 20, 30 years on, that is, that is impressive. Yeah, and if you're writing new stuff. Yeah. So I think if you're touring um, an album that's 20 years old, I don't think that can give you as much joy yeah, as no. touring new stuff, but I also understand why people do it, especially as they're getting older and their hips are going to go and stuff. You're just going to do yeah. the easiest things sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. Um, if you're producing new stuff after 20, 30 years, I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think I used to always think, like, all the bands that I've never been in, I've never earned any money from it. The only money I've earned from music has been through doing my music on my own. Mm. Like, so I've always thought that there must be a different rule for bands that actually make any money. But actually, that can't be true. It's just the same egos and the same arguments, yeah. but you're getting paid for it instead of, like, losing <laughs> yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that's, I mean, that's kind of the conundrum of a lot of creativity, isn't it? Is when does it become something that you do start thinking, right, I'm getting paid for this? And does it change how you approach it? You know, there's a lot of... There's a real... I think people wrestle with that sometimes, don't they? Yeah, I think they do. And actually, it's interesting. So I used to... I used to think, before I earned money from writing especially, that you must have to sit at a typewriter and have black coffee. And mm. uh, and actually, especially since having kids, you have to just fit it in yeah. whenever you can. And, you, you know, I've just handed the first draft of my novel in, which is my second book, so I'm waiting for notes now. And there were times that when um, the baby would be really young, and I think well, I've, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got twenty-five minute train journey into the dentist or something. That's my break for today from sort of being a mum kind yeah, of yeah. thing. Um, I just take the laptop and do open it as the train went off and close it as it pulled into yeah. London Bridge Station. And then that twenty-five minutes, I could sometimes produce seven hundred words, and that isn't me being like that was just sheer 
focused because that was the only time. And I thought all these years before I had kids, I was sort of faffed about all morning. And yeah. um, and obviously that wasn't every journey that I produced 700 words. And also I remember telling my mate, I was like, I'm doing like 1,500 words a day. And he was like, yeah, but are they shit? And I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just think about your word count the whole yeah, yeah. time, don't you? But, yeah, um, but that doesn't, I mean, we had Mark Watson on the pod recently and he was saying about, Sometimes you just need to get it down. I think you do, especially the first draft. And mm. like, I've had this weird thing where I've handed the first draft in now, and for the first time for a long time, I've been like, actually, I haven't got like a main project now because I've been doing the book for so long, mm. years, that I've always been like, I need to do the book, I need to do the book. You know, I've had an advance, I've been lucky enough to have a deal. So then, you know, you sort of think, that is my job. I've had this money mm. to do it. They've, I've got a deadline, which I um, went past. Um, but, Everyone you know, does. <laughs> yeah, I did start thinking that. And someone yeah. told me that, I can't remember who it is, like um, maybe Philip Pullman or someone that big, like goes seven years past their deadlines or something. What? I don't think it is him because he produced <laughs> oh, it. Wow, yeah. And I was wow. like, once I heard seven years, I was like, okay, I'm all right, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes Christ. it isn't good to hear things like that because you're like, oh, well, I can go 14 years then. <laughs> yeah. um, but... Yeah, that like I feel this sort of hole now, which mm. used to be, and I'm not very good at not having, like I'm doing bits and bobs, but I'm not got one main thing yeah. that I'm doing, um, and I don't like that. So, yeah, it's you're weird not, because so I felt this relief when I emailed it, but I don't know how long I'm going to wait for notes, and it might be another couple of weeks, or it might be a couple of months, or maybe even yeah. longer. And who knows what's going to happen with bloody coronavirus? Yeah. So, I. Yeah, I had to have a little bit of a word with myself the other day because I was like, oh, sort of half trying to write new stand-up. I've started doing stand-up again after mm. a break because of um, having having Steffi, which is the baby. I was like, I just don't want to be going out at night uh, at the moment. And with Betty, I didn't really stop work at all. I, had, I did a voiceover when she was like three and a half weeks old and took her with me. And mm. Whereas with him, I was like, no, I'm going to take, take nearly a year off and I'm really just going to try and I did the book now and again but but not too much stuff and then I did the book once I went back to work and now that's handed in I'm like right I'm going to start stand-up again because I've had a break since nearly 2016 and I'm really enjoying gigging again so then I was like right I'll just write a new show I'll write a new show about parenthood and and then the other day I was like I don't know if I actually feel like that's the right thing for me at the moment I don't reckon I want to be doing a run in London and missing bedtime every night but sometimes the thing that you think you should do you don't really question then I had a day where I felt really like didn't want to write, and I was like, and then my mate went, just go to the cinema and don't. And I was like, I feel really guilty because the baby's at the childbirth, and they were like, you never ever take any time off. Like yeah. you're either working or you're looking after the kids. Like, so I went and watched um, Dark Waters or Black Waters. Oh yeah, yeah, the one with Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. And then and then it was a bit like having a bath, or like you were saying, like when you're driving. Mm. Sort of at the end of that, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to write a new show at the moment. And I was like, oh, great. And then I thought, I think I want to write another book. So um, I think I'm going to do that while I'm waiting for notes. I won't start writing it too much because um, I'll get my notes. Yeah, I'll I know. Like, you oh, might, which I'll probably write the whole I'm thing. Like, yeah, but so you, start researching it. And so stuff. downtime has been tough in a way. I've always been really, really bad at taking time off. Yeah. Um, and I have to... Before I had, like... There's a stand-up called Tin and Dewey and he tweeted the other day and said, he was talking to someone else about something, and he said, I always remember Izzy Sutty telling me that she doesn't check her emails at the weekends, and I thought that was really cool, and that she takes Saturdays and Sundays off. And I was like, when did I say that? <laughs> and um, I realised that I didn't used to check my emails at the weekends. I don't right. think I really take Saturdays and Sundays off ever, but that was a definite break for not checking your emails at the weekends, because then you don't, your brain doesn't get clogged up with... And actually, 
obviously you sometimes have to check them, don't you? But generally, if you're not thinking about admin at the weekend, it does give you a break. And I was like, I need to do more stuff like that again. Yeah. So I think, I think probably before I had kids, I used to have scheduled time off. Like, yeah. I can do it. I think I'm a little bit of a control freak. If I know what work I'm doing, I can then go, right, I can go to the cinema from then till then because I know that after that I've got a gig. Or mm-hmm. I can even take, you know, I can take that whole day off and go see a friend. But on the way back, I'll do this. Um, but now what's happened is I've had two brilliant kids, but they filled in all those gaps. Yeah, so there yeah. is actually, if you're not careful, there's no time for downtime because you either working or looking after the kids. So I think I've probably got to work a bit harder to put in those um, those breaks. I, if I, maybe in a month I'll just be dropping them off at the childminder and just going go to the cinema and seeing three films back to back. <laughs> right, I'll just float back and pick him up. But yeah, my mate was like, please just try and. He was like, you've just handed your book in. You're allowed to yeah. to go and have a little bit of a break. You know, I think that's what I, you have to look after yourself. I, but I think it's, yeah, yeah, I, I'm very similar to that. I'm kind of always. I don't think I'm ever not working. In yeah, a way. even if I'm on Twitter. That's kind of still Yeah, work. that's why I think social media is really interesting because you, I think your brain, and I know you've discussed this mm. a lot on this pod, haven't you? Because it's like the way, the role that social media and the internet sort of plays in your mental health and how people just pick up their phones without, mm, yeah. like, I think your brain tricks you into thinking that Twitter is, is your downtime, mm. but it isn't. Yeah. Because you're, like... Your reward area of your brain is being stimulated, isn't it, by people liking your posts or interacting with you in a positive way. And then also you're being made angry, not necessarily by people saying something to you, but just by something that you read that you disagree with or whatever, or you just can't believe they think that. And actually it isn't really a break. Mm. It, it, it's, like, it's not like putting on your favourite TV show or creating something that isn't work, like knitting or painting or cooking, yeah. you know. Um, and so I'm I'm trying to work really hard not to go on my my phone as much. Like leaving it downstairs is part of that. But I deleted Twitter and Instagram off my phone two now, weeks do, but ago. Do you have this thing? So I deleted the Twitter app. Yeah, and Now yeah. I just go on to Internet Explorer. That's exactly what I did. So I thought yeah. yesterday: is there a way of asking your phone not to let you go on Twitter and Internet oh. Explorer? No, well, like blocking it from your. My yeah, friend, yeah, who, my, a friend of mine, who, when she writes, she's got she's got a bit of software that stops her going on. So yeah, I think it's called Freedom. Yeah, yeah I used to use so, that. Yeah, so so she can really now because that's part partly my problem, and it's difficult at the moment because I'm writing a non we're not writing a non fiction book, and so you kind of need the internet. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, yeah. but could you but, write down what you need to? Or possibly, yeah. yeah. But it's hard. It is hard. But I do, do think that. like you're uh, switching so, off no. from all that. Because you're absolutely right. Twitter has stopped becoming downtime. It is now becoming this other thing. Uptime. Uptime, yeah. Sideways time. <laughs> Diagonal <laughs> like, time. It's not uptime in the sense that you're doing a cardio class, but it's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. it's not always good time, is it? It's not good time. Quite a lot of it's not good I don't time. think it's ever good time. No. Well, no, that's not true. I think it's... Yeah, it has it's a lot unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a lot of good points to it, but I don't. But going back to your point about you know not doing stuff at the weekends or whatever, I don't think anyone in history, I'm going to say, has ever complained about like switching stuff off and having downtime. It's, it's. I, I can't see how it's a bad thing. No, I think you're right. I'm trying to think of like 
a hedge fund executive who has to work. And lost on millions. Well, yeah. I'm not looking yeah. at his laptop but for five yes. minutes. I played football with my kids, and as a result, my shares were. And he was yeah. rubbish as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. normal people yeah. probably don't. Yeah, you're not a psychopath, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Miranda, exactly. Miranda and I, like, with um, having the baby for 30 months, we've been using the analogy of put on your own gas mask first. Before putting on your kids, and yeah, I was too, yeah, I listened to um, Kerry Godleyman's episode, and I know you were talking about that then. Yeah, I really like that. That it's true that you, you know, yeah. Look after. How yourself. did you think of that? Did you sort of? It may have been the Kerry episode that came. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I can't it's, remember. Yeah, it's good though. I think you're right. Like, I, I think sometimes when you're looking after um, kids, after. Um, about five minutes now after a few hours yeah. um, you really need like do you have that thing where you're like god i just need to go to the toilet and you just sit in the bathroom for literally one minute and mm. just look at my phone and it's something to do with after hours of looking after kids and because you have to be so vigilant and stuff and also sometimes they're um they're upset and you can kind of see why and it can be quite frustrating because mm. you want to go please stop crying, you will stop crying in a minute, you know, it's fine, you can't have another kinder egg. Like, um, and if you go into the bathroom and go on your phone for one minute, it feels like you're sort of breathing just for a minute bit, as yourself before you go back into that mode of like, right, okay, you know, let's uh-huh. do it and I'm yeah. kind of going to be super vigilant and I'm going to look after you and all that. And I think sometimes then going on Twitter feels good because it's like quite mindless. Yeah. Like you can kind of let it all wash over you. But I still think that probably looking at the guards, not just other newspapers are available, but like the news or something might be a bit better unless you find that the news affects your mood. Yeah, which it you know, does. At the moment. Yeah, it's like, it does. Yeah. From, I do find yeah, and actually yeah. since since sort of Christmas, I've been not looking at the news so much. That's really good. Do you know there's a... Well, sorry, go on. No, no, it's going to say it's been really, really nice. Yeah, it's great. It's like <laughs> yeah. the, there's a website that I really love looking at derelict buildings, not industrial buildings so much as like leisure or home, leisure buildings or like homes, like hotels or houses or abandoned mansions or whatever. I've always had a real thing about it. And since when I was a kid, we used to go and play in this abandoned school and do Ouija boards. So I think somehow I connect it with like kind of the care, the carelessness of youth or whatever. Um, But I have this thing where if we drive past an abandoned house I genuinely feel a physical needs going there. Like, I feel weak at the knees, like you do when you see someone that you fancy when you're, like, 15. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I've got, got to go in that house. Um, but then I'm also a bit nervous of things like asbestos, so it's, like, way <laughs> yeah, up yeah, to... Yeah. Uh, but I got... Last time I was back home, me and my best mate went into this abandoned colour works factory in Matlock Bath, and we had to... I found it on this website that I often go on and we had to squeeze through this gate and we got quite scared. Like, it was quite cool. There were a couple of mines there and not that much okay. stuff. I like it when stuff is there, like old papers and ornaments and things. So it was a bit, like, a bit too old perhaps, but it was still pretty cool. And um, it felt really brilliant because we were like, hang on, we're 41 and we're still breaking through <laughs> this gate. And That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. So there's this really good website called 28 Days Later, which is full of reports <laughs> about abandoned buildings and oh, there's a lot of okay. rules like you must put the title of the building in oh, the, really? yeah yeah and if people do it wrong people are like you sh- you put the wrong kind of photo <laughs> like it's, it's quite geeky in some ways but i really like that like there are these rules and you have to put like the name of the house and where it is and stuff anyway so it's like an like, apocalyptic uh, right move yeah i suppose it is yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's amazing stuff on there. Like, my favourite thing is the kind of thing where there was like a mansion that used to have loads of parties in it. And then no one knows what happened to the owner. So there's like an air of mystery about it as well. And there's like all the rumours are just full of stuff and like random photos of people and things. And and then it's like there's loads of child... This is an actual thing that this mansion, I can't remember where it was, somewhere near London. And there's like a room full of child's child's toys and children's clothes. And you go, how is a child living there? And this guy used to take loads of drugs and have parties every night. And no one knows anything about a child living there. It's almost a bit like The Shining. Like it's a weird... So I absolutely love that shit. So I'm make myself go on 28 days later instead of twitter or looking yeah, at the news okay, if i yeah, get yeah, a little yeah. break yeah and that does something to my brain where i feel like it's pure relaxation and some people don't understand that at all i think why would you look want to look at pictures of like a filthy old house but i think everyone's got their equivalent yeah. of that that i don't know what it is about it it takes me to another world it's, it's like, really interesting because actually popped into my head and it's not a thought i've i have a thought i haven't thought about for years but we least i used to live in a hotel um, that my dad owned and then next door there was a sort of derelict hotel and there was a broken window in the back and you could climb in there was a group of us went in there and oh we used to go around all the rooms oh, wow. and was I totally still, forgot about was that was there still things in there? yeah yeah it was so good I remember when we used to do that it was the thing and no one knew about it because we obviously it wasn't in that, you know, so we we did it all in secret and there was about five or six of us and we'd, and we'd go in all diff- we'd all sort of split up when we got in there and I'll go, look, look, look what I found in here. And you go, wow. I think we found some porn mags and, you know, all the juicy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> porn. Yeah. I mean, the, there was always porn mags yeah, before always. the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I guess, like, but oh, all God, those that's old... a really nice memory, though, because it was the camaraderie of this yeah. group of people as well. It's so exciting. I remember we were on Brownie or Guide Camp and being. Because it was a bit naughty. Yeah, you know? exactly. You, it, we were camping in this sort of a place called Pax Tor, which was near Matlock, a kind of woodland place, and in this, like, cabin. And there's a, there was a derelict cottage in the woods that may still oh, be there. Oh, amazing. And um, it was such a beautiful wood with a, with a river running through it and we all walked through the river it's like this perfect day we walked through the river um and then we came across this derelict cottage and there was there was a pair of jeans in there and i couldn't say <sighs> levi's i wanted to be really cool i said are they levies <laughs> and this girl was like what do you mean levies that's what i remember i was like oh no i pronounced it wrong <laughs> i was obsessed with getting levi's because they had that red little red yeah. tag yeah um, Levies. Yeah. So have you, have you tried to go around any of these places that you've seen on there? So the only... So the... Um, no, but I often sort of daydream about it. And yeah. Greg Davis really likes derelict buildings as well. And we often talk about um, going to one. And we, uh, we did go, manage to go to one. There's one... There's a building near me that used to be a mansion. And it, now I've said how much I love 28 Days Later, you'll know that I would love, absolutely love a story like this. So this house was built um, hundreds of years ago. Uh-huh. It was owned by this uh, uh, aristocrat. And then it was sold... It was a lots of different things, a nightclub, a school, the night, and, and things like that. And then this American woman bought it um, in the 90s, and she was had all these crazy parties, tried to turn it into a nightclub again, started a zoo <laughs> there. So there were, like, ostriches and wild horses running oh, around Jesus. the road. This is in Sydenham. Um, <laughs> and, um, Perfect uh, place for yeah. that. 
ideal. Her son used to ride bareback in like a baby grow. This is on one forum, so I've been on loads of forums about it. Oh, really? Um, on a horse. I was like, in a baby grow. Surely, like, what? they mean, like, what? He must yeah, have yeah. been older than, like, I don't know. I wouldn't put Betty on a horse, and she's five. Yeah. Well, not bareback, anyway. So, anyway. I love rumours. Yeah. Me too. And I love how these things turn into he was riding on an ostrich, and he was six months old. Um, but so all this happened, and then she stopped paying her mortgage. And I think she's gone back to America and can't be arrested but can't return to England type thing anyway so I was absolutely obsessed with this mansion it's totally derelict. it's like from a fairy tale it's got a lodge house a rotting gate and you can see these glimpses of anyway so I contacted the architects and I was like um, hoping that they might have watched Peep Show or Man Down or something <laughs> like, um, on the off chance that because in my novel she goes to live in a, in a derelict oh, okay, hotel cool. right, so yeah. I was like as research, which is true, I really and I've used so much of. So she went back and was like, "I know who you are," and I'd mentioned Greg as so well. I was like, "Fuck, Greg's not even." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. she's like, "Maybe you and Greg could come." I was like, "Yeah." So me yeah, and Greg yeah. went. Oh really? Like, Greg, Greg, you better come. You might be my my key to getting into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and it was great. It was so great, and they showed us around. They were really nice. Amazing. Like, and I put loads of it into the book. So, so that's awesome. the only yeah. other didn't, time. Didn't that find I've... any baby grows in there. No. <sighs> There were those living guardians there, so oh, really? yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 which is quite an odd. I know a couple of people who've done it. Like she was saying that for them it's quite odd because it got sold to a developer, and you never know how long you're going to be there and yeah. stuff. You've got your own room and it's locked and all that, but that is proper shining, isn't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like the That's... stuff they showed us they found under the floorboards, like this glass bottle with like poison and mm. not written on it, but you know when the glass is. What would you even call it? Like, it's like punctuated into the glass. Like, okay. So it's like, like real poison. It's like something from Alice in Wonderland. That all these, yeah, these weird paintings of, yeah, like a woman in, like a corset made out of a cage, and yeah, just wow. sort of weird, weird shit. So brilliant. Perfect. It's like the best yeah, exactly. day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But all these things, all these. You know, these derelict buildings, and I guess the Ouija boards, the word, it all comes down to stories, doesn't it? It all comes down yeah, to it what does, and it com- stories are connected. And, like, daydreaming about what... I've always been in... It, and I feel like I haven't done the thing that I should do about this yet. I feel like I should either make a series where I get to go into derelict buildings, yeah. although there's always this health, health and safety aspect of it, or write something hard, set in a derelict hats. building. It's hard hats. What's the problem? High vis and hard hats. Just what, what wear, um, uh, take some jam sandwiches and a flask <laughs> or a nice warm coat. Wash your hands. Yeah. Wash your hands for twenty seconds every yeah. minute. Um, like I think I should write something set in a derelict building. Although you know, um, Phoebe Waller Bridge wrote something great set about living guardians before, but I feel like. That, I could write something set in a derelict building, not just because it it would let me go into a derelict <laughs> building. I've got to remember that's not the only reason to. Yeah. But definitely, like, there's some. I've always been extremely fascinated with like what, like, the atmospheres that buildings hold, and why you can walk into some buildings and feel like very comfortable um and why you can walk into others and feel on edge and sometimes there's no reason for it and i i do believe that the atmospheres stay in places and i and i i'm extremely fascinated with why some houses just get left with three cars in the drive nice cars you know they've been abandoned for maybe 10 years with everything tidy just on the 
with, with, with a family, you know, when it's older people, you understand that possibly, yeah, sadly, yeah. they die, they don't have any relatives, and that's, you know, and you yeah, do see yeah. these cottages where you think, I think that's what's happened here, that's extremely sad, mm-hmm. you know, no one's come to, or hoarders, or, you know, they might have had mental health problems, they might have, mm. you know, been living alone, and, and that's sort of a different thing. Um, but any stuff left in houses, I think, I just want to go through that, and I want to think, what was this person's yeah. life like, mm. and what's the story here, and... And I think it is to do with stories. Um, it's to do with going, why? Like, why Why have they left this stuff? Why have they taken other stuff? Like, like a fascination. It's like a... Well, you need that. It's like you need answers. And I think I think that actually that connects... If I'm trying to wrap up, round off the podcast in some way, and this never happens normally. Um, we all, we're all fascinated by stories. We all want to know why something's happened. There might be different areas of the world or whatever, things we're interested in. But we all have that, I think, innate fascination and questioning and I, I think that kind of connects all of us in a way we all like stories and we want to know why things happen yeah and I think that you have to retain that I think that as you get older it's easier to go oh this is my life yeah you know we have quiche on a Monday we have spaghetti <laughs> bolognese on a Tuesday like that's fine and I think that's very good planning actually yeah. I should do that yeah, more yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's really important to retain that sense of wonder and whether it's about looking at houses and thinking what's going on there and imagination works in interesting ways I think if you start to wonder about one thing it can kind of feed a completely different thing and it isn't necessarily related to but about being open-minded and open and um, open to different sort of ways of life and if I see a mansion full of stuff I don't tend to think oh they were rich well I tend to think what the fuck has gone on here that they've left this tiger made out of marble and they've (laughs) yeah 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 what's happened like think wow we know what was their life like and for me that's the key thing as i get older and i want to continue being as creative and not have blank moments i'm trying to wrap it up (laughs) (laughs) Um, to retain that sense of like why so sort of we know what and we know what a lot of the time with the internet. You're sort of given yeah. what all the time, aren't you? But you're not as often given why. Yeah. Have you always been I a questioner, that's... though, do you think? I think so. Yes, I think so. And actually, even with people, if... Like, you know, sometimes you meet people and you feel like they... You don't get a great vibe from them. And you kind of... I was thinking, like, why? What's this about? I'd never, like, leave it. It's like a challenge to me to think, what's the right way in here? And do I need to play low status? Do I need to charm them? Do I need to be quieter? It's like a game, I suppose. Um, That makes me sound a bit like the dice man or, yeah. (laughs) But I I just mean, I won't take no for an answer. I'm like, no, I'm not leaving this party thinking that you don't like me. There's got to be a reason for this. um, And I'm going to find it out or I'm going to make you like me. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Does that work? I would leave straight away. Often, I sort of pride myself in being able to instinctively... Get people to like you. Yeah. (laughs) I think I often can. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a kind of cold... No, not at all. No, no, no. But it's important to me. I think it's very important for me. I think I'm a people pleaser. You are, yeah. I feel really... If I think someone... I think someone doesn't like me because like of a specific thing then I'll mm. sort of accept that and go that's fine you saw me in <laughs> you saw me in Edinburgh Festival in 2005 but that awful gig yeah, I wouldn't yeah. like me either <laughs> yeah, yeah. but like if it's something that I can't work out I really have to know what but that yeah feel, is that a tuition though an intuition yeah that, I think that you can I pick up I on a vibe intuitive. yeah yeah yes I think I am well you can't really turn that off I don't think can you no 
And it, like, I think it's very important to me to feel connected with people. And then if that connection isn't there, I don't just go elsewhere. I'm you like, try and find it. Yeah, I kind yeah, of try yeah. and find what... Does it work? Yeah, often it does. Yeah, often it does. That's interesting. Yeah. I think I've probably passed up the opportunity to have connections with a lot of people by feeling too awkward at thinking this person doesn't like me and just abandoning. Yeah, but maybe I should do that more. <laughs> Spend like three yeah. hours talking to one person, like, why don't you like me? I could have just been having a really good time. Why else do you like could have been doing um, the so conga. You went to like, derelict buildings, yeah, uh, yeah. Ouija, Ouija, hey, board, like, Ouija board. Ouija boards, yeah. that's the key. That's the key. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, we should probably wrap the podcast up. This has been this has been fascinating. It has. Um, yeah, I feel so like so easy we, to talk to you. Oh, thanks. I feel yeah. like that too. Yeah, we could have talked for like ten hours. Maybe what, we should do so like a ten hour one. What was the vibe <laughs> coming here though? Interestingly, did you have a vibe coming here? Yeah, just it was a great vibe. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, we put our guests on the spot right at the end of the podcast. Oh, yeah, I hate no, you both. I hate no, you no, both. I'm just still trying really. to find the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, you've both got very warm. Yeah, I mean, I sound like I'm this expert in personality. Well, I'm, I'm going to put yeah. you on that pedestal, quite frankly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, it's it's become just un- unbelievably awkward now. It has become awkward. Yeah. No, yeah. seriously, you two have got a great... You've got nothing to worry about. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, thank well you. done. That's very kind. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we feel good now. <laughs> um, this has been so good. Thank you so yeah. much. Oh, it's a pleasure. For joining us on the podcast. There you go. That was Izzy Sati on the Blank Podcast. How how lovely was that? Really lovely. Again, one of those people that you hope is is really lovely in person, and it turns out to be even lovelier. Some some really insightful stuff into creativity, but also just I'm loving. I love the stories about Ouija boards and derelict houses. It's mm. just fascinating to be honest, and stuff I'd never really even thought about before. So yeah, just a, just a brilliant chat from start to finish. Absolutely. Uh, we've got some tweets. We do. Um, <laughs> do you want to go first or me? I'll go first. I've got one from Keith Randall. And he said, it was a shocking a few months ago. Whilst listening to Blank Pod, um, he discovered that Gary Neville was a thoroughly decent human being. <laughs> <laughs> All those years of loathing his presence on the football pitch, up in smoke. So that's nice from Keith. And he's also tagged in that um, brilliant thing, I think, probably quite a lot of people seen on uh, Twitter is Gary's uh, video saying that he was going to uh, continue to pay his staff at his hotels. I think I sent it to you as well, Jim. Um, And then they were going to let their rooms out to NHS workers. So that's a really amazing thing that Gary did. And um, yeah, it's nice to highlight that again, I think. Yeah, it was, that was a really, really great gesture uh from gary and everyone that that works at his um, hotels and um yeah <laughs> i felt the same when i met him as well that really nice guy which i wasn't expecting at all and i think yeah. we talked about this in the past so um yeah that that the announcement he made actually didn't didn't surprise me at all to be no. honest okay i've got a tweet here um giles it's slightly different to our usual ones and i th- think it might be the wrong podcast but i'm going to read it anyway and <laughs> let's see what happens we'll it's take anything louisa <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll take absolutely anything. Yeah. Um, it's from Louisa, and she's replying to a man um, called Ian Walker, who says, 
What pods are you listening to? And, and Louisa's put blank pod. At blank pod is fantastic for calming your brain. In, sorry, at blank pod is fantastic for calming you down and feeding your brain. I second at Southern Fried Truth. It sounds like a weird juxtaposition, but Erica's voice is super relaxing <laughs> with a bit of Southern sass thrown oh. in. Um, South- who's Erica? Are you Erica or am I Erica? Um, I think you should be Erica. I don't think I've got any Southern sass. I mean, I am from the South, but I wouldn't say... You are su- more su- you're more Southern out of the two of us. But Sussex isn't sa- sassy, though, is it? No, it's not, to be honest. <laughs> Sassy Sussex. Um, <laughs> anyway, well, that's very well, kind, we'll... kind of you to, to mis, misrepresent us in every single way. But thank you for that. <laughs> as you said, as you said we'll, 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 take the, we'll take the praise anyway, regardless yeah. of whether it's so for it, us or we, not. Yeah, so it's come to the point where we're actually reading out tweets about other podcasts now. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we all need a boost, mate, and we'll, yeah. we'll take it over we can. Yeah, we will. We will. So, well, I mean, that, that, that's it for this week's podcast. Uh, it is indeed. Should we read out the Twitter handles quickly? We should, I think. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to tweet us uh, like Louisa and tweet about us or other pods, um, you yeah. can. Our Twitter handle is... At Blank Pod. Uh, and we're also on Facebook and Instagram. And that's the same handle. It is, At Blank Pod. Uh, and if you'd like to, you can also... Email us. I think we asked for emails, didn't we, Giles? And you said you're going to give a prize away. Has anyone qualified for a prize? I have not seen one single email, you fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe you should up the prize. No, no, no. Definitely just a mug. (laughs) Okay. Well, should we give out? We'll give out the the email address anyway. I think we should. Yeah, yeah. It's at. No, it's not. It's the blank podcast at gmail dot com. There we go. Uh, and that's it for this week's pod. So, uh, Charles, stay safe. Wash your hands. You too, Jim. <laughs> Thanks. I will see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.